You're listening to audio from One Church of High Point. If you'd like more resources or would like to donate, visit onechurchnc.net. That was that was that was pitiful. Come on now. There you go. Yes, yes. I know two people who are excited. I tell you that much. Amen. They're ready for the honeymoon, right? Can I get a hallelujah? Yes, yes. Y'all preteens, don't don't go there just yet. Y'all wait another twenty years before you. Be embarking into that endeavor. My name is Pastor Ryan, the lead pastor of the church. I'm so excited to be here today. Um, I, I just love being with our church. I tell you, I miss being apart from you guys. Last week, my family and I, we took a, a mini vacation, went to the Caribbean. So, so if I'm looking kind of caramelized, it's okay. So it's a Caribbean tan. But um, yeah, my head is probably shiny too, right? It's okay. That's the, that's the Shekinah glory. We are in a, a series that we've been in the past several weeks. I want to thank John, our, our chair deacon, who um, led service last week. I know he did an amazing job. Always in our absence, we have an amazing staff, amazing leadership team with our elders and our deacons. And I just thank you guys for your leadership in, my, in our absence, that you guys are still just running the church. And that's just, that's the beauty of having high quality leadership. Amen? Amen. Let's just give our leadership and our team just a round of applause for them real quick. These past several weeks, we've been in a series called Unguard. It's a series about spiritual warfare. And what we realize is that we've been under attack, or if you have not been under attack, you've been in attack, or you are either coming, going, or somehow that you're coming out of a warfare. And over the past several weeks, we talked about your opposition is an opportunity for God to use you. And I want you to believe that. The opposition that sometimes you may face in life is an opportunity for God to use you and I. And we believe that the fight that you are in today is developing the faith that you will need for tomorrow. A couple weeks ago, we talked about if you only knew your potential and your possibilities that, and who you are and how God created you and how he, he, how he molded you is such a great opportunity for God to use you today. And God's promises is connected to God's process, right? Sometimes the promises of God is always connected to the process that he has for us. And sometimes we don't like that process. I would be the same person to say that. Sometimes God's process of what he wants for my life I don't, I don't like the way he go about it sometimes. And me and God, we have this conversation. You know, we just sit down. We just have a little, a little conversation. But the processes that God gives us is so uniquely connected to, to his promises that I want to forfeit what God has for me. And I don't want you to forfeit what God has for you today as well. So if you have your Bibles, let's open up to the book of Luke, the seventh chapter. verses 18 through 23, and I'll be reading from the NIV version, Luke chapter 7, verses 18 through 23, and I'll be sure to keep my cadence for 
our translation, and thanks, Beseda, for translating today for our families. Luke chapter 7, verses 18 through 23 says, John's disciples told him about all these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? At the very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and what you have heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Verse 23, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Today, my message, my title is called The Struggle is Real. The Struggle is Real. Can I get amen? amen. Y'all know about that struggle? Oftentimes, people ask me as a pastor, they're like, Pastor Ryan, where, if, as a new believer, where do I start if I wanted to start to read the Bible? Where do I begin? And oftentimes, I would tell them to begin in the book of John. That's the, the typical pastor's answer. But as I begin to really just to live life and just live out this, this Christian faith, I have a, I'm beginning to tell people to start in the book of Psalms. Oftentimes, many people start in the book of Genesis, and that is the wrong place to start. Because you begin to read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and you go down, he, he creates the earth, the moons, the stars, and all the animals and the fish and the birds of the air. But then you get to chapter 1 and 3, but then you have to ask the question, what does this have to do with me? Right? Begin to read about Cain with me and where I'm at with my walk with God. Or you can do the old Pentecostal way. Take your Bible, open it up, put your finger down, whatever you land on, you believe that's what God has given me the word to say, right? That's the old Pentecostal way. And I would say, do not do that. <laughs> Psalms is easy to read. It's instructional. It's, it's encouraging, right? Who, wanted, who, who doesn't want to learn that the Lord is my shepherd, right? Our God comes and goes, and he's not silent. That Have mercy on me, O God, that blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked. These are great. Words of encouragement, right? The book of Psalms not only encourages, relatable, it connects to how we live today, how we navigate through life. Truth be told, we may ask questions of God's existence and the struggles of our life, but the struggle is still real. 
when we were searching for some type of encouragement or some type of word to give us that, 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 that leap of faith or that, 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 that substance that we can go to, sometimes the struggle is still real. Have you ever questioned God before? Why, God? Why is this happening? Why, God, is this happening to me? If God is who he is, why does he allow bad things to happen to good people? Have you had that question before? Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Sometimes when we find ourselves in a very active spiritual warfare or the battles that we have as believers, sometimes we have doubt about who God is. Sometimes we doubt and have disbelief of what God wants to do for us. We know that Ephesians chapter 6 tells us this, that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of the darkness of, against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. These are the spiritual things that we are dealing with. These are the things, the battles that we are fighting week after week, day after day, and for some of us, night after night. No matter how big your Bible is, no often how matter how often you go to church, no matter how much you tithe, the truth is that you will be put to a test. The truth is that you will be faced with some challenge in your life at some point where you're going to ask God, why? God, why is this happening to me? God, why is this taking place with my family? And God's going to remain silent. And what are you going to do with that silence? Growing up in, in school, many of us, we often know that um, we are embrace or both force with, um, face with things that love to teach me. He was the greatest math teacher that I ever had before. There's two things I loved about him or two things that I hated about him as well or did not, didn't like about him. One was that he drank coffee and smoked cigarettes. Now, if, you, if smoking is your vices, it's all good, but if you know that deadly combination, smoking and drinking coffee, that's gingivitis on a whole nother level, Amen. <laughs> That's halitosis to the third degree. <laughs> Smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee was the vice that this math teacher had. But he was the, like the coolest math teacher. He was that math teacher where everybody would kind of hang out in his classroom, where everybody went to go chill and hang out, just kind of chop it up with the teacher because he was one of the really, really cool teachers. But two things out of his class, more or less one thing that he was notorious for was six words. Six words as a student in any school. As you're walking into a class, I know we have some educators here, so forgive me. You walk into their class and they see these six words. Pull out a piece of paper. <laughs> educators know if you would walk into class and your students, the first thing you tell your students to pull out a piece of paper, what does that mean? There's a pop quiz coming. And he was notorious for having pop quizzes. See, pop quizzes was there to kind of really, to, really to, to put us in a place where to make sure that we studied the material that was given to us, that we were ready to take a test for the information that the teacher was giving us day after day. See, pop quizzes was there to see if we were reading the textbook. See, pop quiz has taught us that we will not always be ready for what life is going to bring you. 
I know it's early in the morning, so some of you guys still think I'm in my math class, but actually I'm in the class of life. See, oftentimes that God gives us pop quizzes that we're not ready for, that we're faced with battles in this life that we're not ready for. And oftentimes when God gives us those battles, those pop quizzes, do we pass or do we fail? The question is, God is asking you, Jesus is asking us today, are you studying his book? Because if you're reading his book of life, his, his book where you have just the, the information that he has given us how to navigate the sorrows and the troubles of this life, we can pass with flying colors. But oftentimes, dusty Bibles will lead to dirty questions. Go ahead, go ahead and Snapchat, tweet that right now. <laughs> dusty Bibles will lead to dirty Christians. Dusty Bibles <laughs> will lead to dirty Christians. Are you studying what the teacher has given you? See, I love pop quizzes, but my, my most favorite pop quizzes was the one that we have multiple choice. I mean, it's at least a 50-50 chance, right? True, false, A, B, C, D questions, right, educators? See, even in life, we have multiple choices. If you have a pop quiz of life, you have A, you can align yourself with your family and your friends. B, you can back down from that quiz and run. C, you can call on Jesus. Or D, you can do it yourself. A, you can align yourself with your family and friends. B, you can back down and run. C, you can call on the name of Jesus. Or D, you can do it yourself. Now, people would tell you, most statistics would say that always choose C in a multiple choice question that you never know the answer to, right? Right, educators? All right, kids, don't take that home. Just to let you know. <laughs> But in this case, C, you always want to call on the name of Jesus. Amen. So, Pastor Ryan, what does this have to do with spiritual warfare today? I'm glad that you asked. Because if you look at, at verse 18 of chapter 7 of, of Luke, the scripture says, John's disciples told him about these things. John calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one or should we expect someone else? Do we look for someone else? Houston, we have a problem. Now, I want you guys to realize this, this is the Apostle John. This is John who knew Jesus from birth. This is John who proclaimed Jesus in the wilderness. This is John who preached the gospel. This is John who baptized Jesus. This is John who is Jesus' cousin, is asking him, is he the one? I want you to get that. That's like asking my brother Brian, who, is the, who I'm a twin, if we're twins. John is asking to send his disciples to ask, is Jesus the one or should we wait for another one? 
Now, see, that won't be a problem if it wasn't for the apostle John, because John is Jesus' cousin. He walked and did life with Jesus. He was ready, he was ready to have Jesus to come. Jesus, John is asking Jesus, is he the one, or should we wait for another one? Why doesn't John ask Jesus himself? Why does he send two of his disciples to ask Jesus if he's the one? Think about it. John can walk up and go ask Jesus himself, right? But why can't he? Because John is in jail. John finds himself in jail. And how did he get there? How did John get in jail? How did John get incarcerated? At that time, Herod was the king, and Herod married his brother's wife. Come on now, that's a scandal for you. That's not right. And John posed the question. John put it on Snapchat, Instagram. He was tweeting it. He had it on Facebook and all of that different stuff. John put Herod on blast. Because John did it, Herod puts him in jail. And not only that, he puts him on a death sentence. Herod's daughter wants John beheaded. John is in jail. Let's me know this, that not always our experiences does not equal our expectations. Our experiences, our experiences in life does not always equal our expectations. What do you mean? John has doubts of who Jesus is. John's circumstances is causing him to doubt Jesus from very, for himself. How is this happening? Why is this happening? Why am I in jail? Jesus, I walk, I teach, I preach the gospel. For many of us, I live the Christian life. I read your word daily. I go to church every single week. Why am I experiencing these problems? Why am I experiencing these, these issues? And catch this. Jesus leaves John open. Okay, let me translate that for the baby boomers. Jesus never answers John. He never answers John. Jesus could have simply said yes, but it said Jesus sends his disciples back with answers. And oftentimes when we're dealing with life's problems, as, uh, us as believers, we don't need these Christian cliches, right? Come on, Christians. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If your friend is coming at you, you guys are having problems and you're having circumstances, you don't need a Christian cliche. You need real life. You need you got real problems, right? You don't need when God closes the door, he opens, uh, opens up a window. You don't need you're washed by the blood. You don't need that I'm blessed and high flavor. I get all of that. You know, I don't need all those Christian cliches. Give me something I can take home that's going to get me out of my situation. Christians, we have to stop giving out these Christian cliches. You know, my favorite one, God won't give you more than you can handle. Come on now. I'm about ready to tap out. So three things that you're going to need 
during your struggle. Three things that you can use during the times that you find yourself in warfare, that you find yourself in the battle of your life. Three things that I'm going to give you real quick because we got to say I do. Amen? Three things that you would need for your struggle. The first one is this. You need faith that is bigger than your struggle. You need faith that's bigger than your struggle. Because I'm reminded, as I remind you today, that the fight that you're in today is developing the faith that you would need for tomorrow. That God has prescribed the challenges, even the circumstances. He has allowed those things to take place in your life to begin to develop the faith that you need, not only to walk with him, but believe everything that he has for you. Because God would not always take the thorn out of your flesh. God would not always take that thorn out of you. John is trying to evaluate his Christian experience, and God doesn't even answer during his response. You need faith that is bigger than your struggle. The second thing is this. You need friends in the midst of your struggle. Guys, and when you don't, you, you, we are not designed to do life by ourselves. We are designed to have community. We are designed to lean into one, within one another. When life is hard, you need friends who will weather the storm with you. And this is what John finds with two of his friends. They left. They go visit John in jail, take a message, and deliver it to Jesus, and then go back with the answer that Jesus gave him. You need friends that's going to keep it real, right? Amen? If you need, hey, I'm going I'm I'm to keep it real with you. I'm going to keep it 100. So what do you do when the pastor is struggling? What do you do when Bishop John, the Apostle John, is struggling with his faith about Jesus? Do you see that? John is struggling with his faith about who Jesus is because of the battle that he's faced with. This is the response God gives, Jesus gives him. Jesus tells the disciples, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind have received sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy have been cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Jesus, this is not helping me out. Like, come on, Jesus, I need something that's going to help me navigate through my trials and my situation. So whatever you may be faced with today, Jesus, this is what you're going to give me right here, right now. Jesus never answered John. So never judge your possibilities by your current position. Don't judge your possibilities by your current position. You need friends that's going to keep it real with you, right? We see John here struggling where he has the gospel in one hand and he's battling in the other. And he's, he has the gospel in one hand, then he also has some bills in the other hand. Come on, church. He has the Bible in one hand, but then he has bad thoughts in the other. He has the Bible in one hand, but then he has some brokenness in the other hand. We have the Bible in one hand, then we have burdens that we carry in the other hand. We have the Bible in one hand, then we may be carrying a blunt in another. We have the Bible in another hand, then we may even have some Bacardi rum in another. Come on, church. 
a Bible. Brokenness, burdens. For some, it may be Boone's Farm or Bacardi Rum or whatever case may be. It doesn't matter what your vice may be. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation here. The fact is this. As believers, as individuals that we are called to be in Christ, but then there will be times where we have doubt. That even when we're battling and we have a Bible, that we still are dealing with brokenness, that we still are dealing with bad thoughts, that we're still dealing with burdens, that we're still dealing with life called bills and more bills. We need faith that is bigger than your struggle. We need friends in the midst of your struggle. And the last one is this. You need fuel to push past your struggle. And what is that fuel? What is that fuel when you're, when you're gassed out, when you're, you're just, just in survival mode? Have you ever been in survival mode before? Like you're just going from paycheck to paycheck. You're just trying to make it to the next day. Have you ever been truly in survival mode because you've been battling and dealing with life? So what is your fuel? He tells us that in verse 23. He says this. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on the account of me. So what is it? The fuel that I want to encourage you with you today is that if you're living a life that's in Christ, I'm not saying that it's perfect, but you are a, a Christian believer. There's blessings that comes with your burdens. There's blessings that comes with your battles. There's blessings that come with those moments where you have bad thoughts. There's blessings that come even when you're battling the fight of your life. And as our worship team comes, I'm just going to count off some of those blessings. Matthew writes in chapter 5, one of the greatest sermons on the mount. So just in case if you don't know what those blessings are, let me remind you what they are today. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is a kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in spirit, in the heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. See, there's a blessing that comes with your battle. There's a blessing that comes with your burdens. There's a blessing that comes connected with you being so connected with Jesus Christ that you can walk out here today knowing that you can fight this battle. You're not alone. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for there is a kingdom 
of heaven. There's a book that has your name in it. There's a purpose that God has called you for. It says, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you, even falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. He says, rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. So church today, it's a simple message. I wanted to let us leave our sermon series this week knowing that even though that you're fighting, maybe fighting the fight of your life, you may be battling some insecurities, you may be battling some burdens, the one that you need faith that is bigger than your struggle, that you should have a community of friends and family that will help walk you through this process, who's willing to go to the jailhouse for you and bring back a message to God, from God to you. And not only that, the fuel that we have as believers comes with the blessing that God has for us. So as we stand today, we're going to sing one of my favorite songs, and it's called The Blessing. And we want to remind you today that as you align with, with God in Christ, that there's a blessing that comes with you and your children and your children from generation to generation. And so if you're here today who don't know, you may not know Christ. You may be in the battle of your life. You may be coming out of a battle. You may be going into a battle. You may be even at a point where you're just at a resting point. And God has given you an opportunity to catch your breath before you get back into the next fight of your life. Just know that you're not alone that you have a church who's willing to partner with you, to, to do life with you, to walk and do things with you in such a way that we want to encourage you, that we want to love on you. Thank you for listening. And just to remind you that you're church. not alone. If you made a decision today, today, we want you to today, walk away like knowing that you are blessed about what your next and highly favored. Visit onechurchnc.net. If you are local to our campus, plan your visit online at onechurchnc.net slash visit.